Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. Oh, we're in a dimly lit room, and I like it really dimly lit. You can't even tell that there's a full pink harvest moon going on when it's this this dim inside here. Uh, Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound, and today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Joseph R. Biden, President of the United States. Oh, that's right. He speaks tonight, right? He speaks to a nearly empty House of Representatives. We need to uh, correct slash amend the story of yesterday about, uh, for instance, Steve Scalise not attending. Nancy Pelosi has insisted on full COVID distancing rules, and there will only be 200 people in the entire place. Oh, really? Didn't know that. Yeah. It's, It's insane. And they're all vaccinated. So the message... Let it ring forth loud and clear. The vaccine doesn't do any good. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting my second shot today. Woo! Getting my second shot today, and a coworker who got uh, uh, their second shot, same place I'm getting mine uh, today. They're the ones that tipped me off that, hey, this pharmacy's got plenty of it. Nice. Um, uh, they got quite sick, only for like a few hours. But got quite mm. sick from it, so I'm not looking forward to that. But anyway, yeah, as I was originally really looking forward to that second dose because then I can, well, do nothing any different than no, I'm no. doing now, according no. to the government. So keep your mask on even outside if you're anywhere near anyone. Uh, you know, it was pointed out by a saucier writer than myself, but I can't resist. When it came time to impeach Donald Trump for the second time after he was out of office. The House of Representatives was crammed, shoulder to shoulder. But tonight, to listen to the president? Strict COVID rules, even though they're all vaccinated. What? So I had stopped watching State of the Union addresses a couple of years back, because I didn't think they were worth watching. And um, that's basically what tonight is. For some reason, they don't call your first one a State of the Union address. Well, because they changed the date, but who cares? I don't know. It's what it is. And, uh, it's, there's some major stuff happening. Well, one, I'm looking forward to the response from Senator Tim Scott, <clears throat> the African American senator from South Carolina. He's doing the response for the Republicans. But Biden's going to lay out his gazillion dollar, multi trillion dollar something or other package that includes, uh, child care for three and four year olds provided by the government to everybody in America. Yep. And free college for a couple of years and all these different things that we haven't done in the past that are a restructuring of the government's relationship with private citizens. So cradle to grave, the government will raise you and care for you. Bingo. It's a pretty big move if it happens. What? We'll see. Uh, I I have no problem with people not cheering and pretending to be upset and. Remember the most <laughs> most recent state? It wasn't the last state of the union, like Trump's last one, where Nancy tore up the script. It was that the last one or second to last? I don't even remember. And all the ladies were wearing white for some reason at one point, and it was all all so dramatic. Yeah, they're not going to have a designated survivor for the uh, the Congress tonight because so many of them are not in the not even going to be there. You don't need to have the what if um, the me- the same sort of meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs hit the Capitol. You need to have somebody down in a bunker. Is there a vote for that happening? <laughs> or is that just fate? I mean, <laughs> a meteor? 
Yeah, yeah. Smod. Now. We, now, Smod. We got uh, on the topic of the meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs at my house last night. Kids are really interested in that whole thing. Oh, how can you not be? That's fascinating, man. Oh, please. Giant rock comes hurtling out of nowhere. Hey, what's that in the sky? And then all life changes. Are we, pretty, are we pretty confident as a species now we would see it coming and be able to intercept it or blow it up or something? That's my understanding of it, having uh, attended the cinema since I was a small child. <laughs> as long as Bruce Willis is still around, I think we're fine. Yeah. Surely we're too smart to allow that to happen again. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, there are issues involved with how you deflect a thing. And that's that's actually uh, an area of science your kids would probably love, because you get your are... best shot blocker. Who's the best shot blocker right now, Sean? You'd probably know. You watch the uh, best shot, uh, Rudy Gobert, the Stifle Tower. So you get Rudy Gobert, yes. the Stifle Tower, to jump up really high and get out of here. Get this ass out of here. Swat <laughs> it clear back into another multiverse. Well, either that or you, or you hit it with a nuke or a, or a laser from some ship. But one of the controversial things about this is if you uh, deflect it southward. Anybody south of where it was originally going to hit is going to be like, whoa, 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 how, uh, how, how sure are you you got this science down We now? deflect it to China. <laughs> they hope yes. they, they better find their Rudy Gobert yeah. to block it back this way. Otherwise, I've played Pong before. I know how this goes. I right. like the stifle tank. Get that ass out of here. Boom. <laughs> so you got your superpowers <laughs> playing Pong. All right. <laughs> You're knocking the thing back and forth. Now it's headed straight to America. Now it's headed straight to China. Bluey, now it's headed straight back to America. <laughs> then Putin gets in there and he just throws one up there just for fun. Well, maybe that's what we need out of, you know, like out of some science fiction book that to, to bring everybody together. We're all human beings now. If we, as we all focus on how to stop the giant meteor from crashing into the earth. Or just let it crash. I mean, that would definitely bring everybody together and settle everything down, wouldn't it? Yeah. He says, as all governments collapse and the economy goes south, and <laughs> people are wearing loincloths and eating each other's livers as necessary. It's what? Just, what? Uh, well, that's where it goes, are inevitably. These, Cannibalism. Are these things all mandatory? Oh, <laughs> they're inevitable. Can Why I, don't you wake up? Can I just wear my regular clothes? Well... <laughs> You're what? You're going to be uh, padding across the plain, hunting the mighty antelope in your quote unquote regular clothes? It's time to go primitive, man. So I'll be alive, but my clothes are going somewhere? <laughs> so I have to get a loincloth now? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I don't want to run around barefoot. I don't know how they did that way back in the caveman day. So can I wear like socks and shoes with my loincloth? <laughs> You got black dress socks on <laughs> with a loincloth. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There is our uh, technical director, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. I'm doing pretty good. Um, the other day I was driving by somewhere in the evening. It was dark, and I there was an old drive, drive-in drive movie theater. Yes, and, drive-in um, theater. Right along the freeway, and I just remember it was, gave me great... Making out with Jenny May in the backseat. No, no. I was in the car as my parents would drive by, and I was always hoping to see like a naked lady on this one of the big screens. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, too. Do you remember that? Hoping that you could see a glimpse of an R-rated film, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would happen. You know, oh once God, in a balloon. I just saw a boob. This I is the greatest that. night. <laughs> so. Yeah. It, uh, that's, no luck, though, huh? That's, that's no, funny. I'll no. tell you how the kids do it nowadays. So my nine-year-old was out at a, at a friend's house who, who plays different video games than we're allowed to play in our house and was playing online with uh, random people. And naked lady pictures were coming up on the screen all the time. Which Oh, uh, my. Wow. Yeah, which uh, does not happen in our house, but happened at this house. 
Oh boy! And uh, yeah, that was quite the quite the conversation with mom and dad, and they were quite uh, unhappy with it. Didn't know what happened, and apparently it was happening with schoolmates at school while they were supposed to be doing their Zoom classes. Oh boy! <laughs> sending and putting naked pics up on the Fortnite or something. You know, my kids are barely grown; they're in their twenties. But it, it was so much easier for me than if you have little kids right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just I I admire y'all. I I am rooting for you. If there's anything I can do to preach on the radio to bring a better world, as if we have any effect, we'd like to think we do, but we probably don't. I mean, it's just it's incredibly challenging. It's, Yikes! Yeah, the the worst street in town is right there on your computer screen or your gaming screen. The worst people in the world yeah. have at least uh, tangential access. Surprised they haven't come out with better filters or better ways to filter that out yet. But anyway, maybe we will in the future. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing quite well. Uh, now there's this person that I know uh, simply from a blog that he writes. Um, and I, I even discovered it from, it was some clickbait article, your your favorite blogger's favorite blog. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I ended up following this guy on Twitter, and he just tweets all sorts of very wise things, I find. So I just wanted to share one of those uh, with you today. His name is Shane Parrish. I retweet him all the time if you follow me, Positive Sean, on Twitter. Keeping in mind that he's some sort of blogger blogger. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Meta blogger. Um, be stubborn on destinations, flexible on tactics, and relentless on progress. Stubborn on destinations, flexible on tactics and progress. No, and relentless on progress. Relentless on progress. And memorize things better. <laughs> wow, I okay. Wow, okay. Feed a cold can, star. Can you fever. say it one more time? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, but I was ashamed. <laughs> Be stubborn on destinations. Okay, yes, we're going to I Disneyland, do. and we are not changing our mind. Be I'll f- brook no dissent. Be flexible on tactics. Can we stop at the Arby's on the way there? Sure. Yes, we can. And relentless on progress. But we're still going to Disneyland. <laughs> but we're eating in a car. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I like it. I like that's good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Sean. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Wednesday, April twenty eighth, the year twenty twenty one. More Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, relentless progress. It is then officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, beginning at Mark. The American public wants this president to work with the Republicans to find a solution. We're going to hit a hundred days. I have not met with the president one time, nor had one conversation with him. That's weird. Yeah, it's just it, weird. It is, but from what I understand from listening to the smart political people, it, it doesn't do either side any good. In fact, they only get roasted for it. So it, it benefits both Biden and McCarthy to be, I won't meet with them or they won't meet with me or whatever. I'm not sure I buy that. I'm not sure I don't, but um, it, it, Joe Biden's big appeal was I'm the uniter. I'll bring people on bipartisan. Uh, has, and, and I keep hearing people say stuff like that. Has it hurt him any not doing that? He's about to jam through the m- biggest, most change in uh, in the way we structure our government, maybe ever, certainly in 75 years. So what damage has it done him to not live up to his rep coming in? Doesn't seem to be a lot. Two answers. Number one, they will completely lose the House and the Senate. After, on the other hand. After they've restructured exactly. the country forever. On the other hand, it's the new uh, the new model. 
Get everything you can in the first two years. Just remake the country. Yeah, we'll have to talk about this more later uh, as we run out of time. But that sort of analysis drives me nuts. And then the Democrats lost the House after Obamacare. Yeah, and they changed the health care system to what they wanted it to forever. I think you would trade that for losing the House. Definitely the calculation these days. Yep. Yeah. How's mailbag look? Oh, it's nice. It's good. Little this, little that, you know. Well, this, well, that. Don't change your destination. No. Oh, you, no. You can change your tactics. Okay. Not your goal. All right. It's all on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. feeling about things good good glad to hear it optimistic cool daddy i don't want to go to chernobyl yes but that's the destination we picked and we've got to be stubborn on our destinations positive sean told us to be all right they're going to make that a world heritage site where you can go check it out i would go that'd be really fascinating that's an odd thing but yeah of course i mean yes not the most welcoming part of the world but yeah, I'd want to see a good solid. Well, the, the Chernobyl uh, thing on uh, HBO mm-hmm. was HBO. Is that I? You know, I've never seen that. I, I can't believe it. I just didn't get around to it. Sean raves about it, so yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah, yeah. Mailbag. Woo-hoo! Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Abe Lincoln. Are you sure? No. Uh, reasonably sure. Uh, those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. Of course. Here's another good one. Whenever I hear someone arguing for slavery, I feel a strong impulse to see it tried on him personally. Yeah. That's a good one. And one more interesting quote. And uh, Well, now nah, we don't have time. Move. We'll move on. Guys, I heard about you. You know, I think the mailbag music should be shorter. I mean, it's jaunty at the beginning, but then it's just distracting. Yeah, it puts me in a good mood. Really? It's been the yeah. same for how long? 20 oh, years? At least, yeah. 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 All right. how, how many different presidents? Like five presidents or something? Yeah. yeah. It's outlived a dozen bosses, <laughs> half a dozen presidents. Uh, moving along to the correspondence proper. Guys, heard you talk about the uh, iOS update yesterday, so I checked my phone. It was available. I got it. Yay, privacy. Here's one thing we didn't know about the update. It screws up Apple Podcasts. Ooh. I've noticed this, too, this morning. How? In what way? You can search why, but the practical side is that it screws up my A&G podcast. Now the on-demand podcast takes you to 2019, and I would have to check every podcast one at a time to get it to clear out of the way to get to the new ones. Oh, I think you can sort by date on that. I've but, noticed a different thing with the pod. So I guess this just is causing havoc with their podcasting app. But was this, huh, was this a, like a mistake, an oversight, or is this the way they want to do podcasts No. Now? This is what happens when you get the updates day one. You're kind of uh, part of the oh. Uh, I, I still don't yeah, like, wait a week. I still don't like the way my Apple Music works since the last update. I liked it way better before, but they think they know yeah, better. Th- I guess. This will get fixed in some sort of minor update in the next week or so. I'm there you anticipating. Go. 
Uh, Sue writes, guys, I got kicked off Facebook for seven days for posting this on your Facebook page, LOL. Well worth it. It's a meme. It's Anthony Fauci dressed up like an old-time snake oil salesman. And the caption is, the same people sell the panic, sell the cure. Yeah, on this one, though, Anthony Fauci and Scott Gottlieb were people saying, you've been vaccinated. You don't, you, you don't need to wear a mask outdoors, really, anybody. And if you've been vaccinated, then it's doubly ridiculous. Of course not. Of course. But yeah. the government guidance was not that yesterday. Still wear a mask outside, even if you're vaccinated. Only in some tiny circumstances do they say you can take your mask off. The moronic media acted like it was a big deal for some right. reason. Right. And then she says, FYI, I'm in North Carolina and hike, and many people wear masks on their hikes. When mm. I walk toward them, they split apart and stand way back. Makes me feel like a boss. It would make me feel like I'm among crazy friggin' people. Yeah. I'll bet that's in one of the big university towns. I agree. I think that's crazy to do, too, but I don't mind people doing that. I do hate the government doing this, though, telling this, telling everybody that. I think it's, I think it's counterproductive. I think it's going to keep people from getting the vaccine. I think it's going to keep schools from opening. I think it's going to keep people from getting back into the workplace yeah yeah i agree it's just it's it's terrible stupid it's frustrating to witness i got this note from mark he actually talked a bit about uh the the break the world got during the shutdown just less pollution cruise ships airplanes cars reduced fishing mining farming and he offers up the idea let's consider an annual one month global shutdown to see how much benefit on natural resources would would result I'm for that. Just shut it down every June or something. Whole world is on vacation. Nobody's allowed to do anything. Go relax. <laughs> I love get, this idea. If you can get everybody to agree, that would be pretty danged awesome. Where do I sign up for that? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We need to talk about this more. we we got to quit acting like the CDC recommend, recommendations matter. Get, but we're getting to go back to the way it used to be. We've been ignoring them our whole lives, all of us. <laughs> all of us have been ignoring the recommendations on exercise and drinking and red meat and all kinds of things forever. Now, all of a sudden, one tiny minor change in masks, and everybody feels like it's the law of the land. But anyway, right. more on that later. And also... Uh, but political strategist, now he's old and a white guy, but he still carries a lot of weight in the Democratic Party. James Carville had some harsh words for the woke crowd yesterday. And there's a heck of an interesting piece out yesterday on how the Republicans should pay attention to what Carville's saying to Democrats and take advantage of it. Uh, uh Carville saying I, things like, I, I don't know anybody who knows what Latinx means. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just happened to read that. During the commercial breaks, I'd forgotten what a willing hatchet man he is, because he's kind of gone uh, reasonable, uh, neutral commentator, just calls him as he sees him. He's a likable guy and the rest of it. But, uh, you know, in the interview, he's talking about calling out anybody who's uh, been a child molester or known a child molester, just hatchet politics. Uh, he's not afraid to stick the knife in. But, yeah, his main point is that the Democratic Party's messaging is is wrong. The woke crowd is way too prominent and, and going to damage the brand. And I think he's right, which leads us quite nicely into uh, why don't we start with clip number 50. This is woke liberal women on one hand 
And local folks from Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, on the other hand. Go ahead, Sean. Change needs to be made, and if it's not getting done in the traditional avenues, then rioting is a good option. If you're being violent, if you're destroying property, I don't think that's cool. If rioting is what gets people's attention, then I think that's necessary. We're human, and, and, and we want to be treated with respect, so we got to come out here and show we are human and bring respect. When violence is involved, it's normally because there's no other way to get your point across. Wow. Wow. So the woke uh, product of modern college education versus the people who actually live in a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, as so often, the family always says, hey, let's be peaceful. Let's honor uh, our, our son, our brother, whatever. Let's get justice, but let's stay calm. And then the woke crowd comes in and smashes stuff up and calls for defunding the police, for instance, or demonizes every cop, including LeBron James. Uh, L.A. police officer Dion Joseph was on Hannity, I guess it was last night, and had a number of really interesting things to say about uh, reality versus uh, the woke version of it. Go ahead with AD, Sean. We'll just start there. I don't want to call him irrational because if I wasn't a police officer and all I saw 24-7 on social media and on the radio was that the police are out to get black people, police hate people of color, and they're repeating that over and over and over again, I'd probably feel the same way. So I was LeBron James before I became a police officer. And then he wrote LeBron James a letter that's getting a fair amount of attention, and he explains why. You know, and the reason why I wrote this letter is because you know, that officer could have been me. I'm thinking of four times in my career where I almost had to use deadly force on somebody, and I didn't sleep for two days. And one of those instances, mm. you know, uh, if I was this close to shooting a young man and to save other people while I'm going home off duty. And that would have been said about me without him knowing who I am, my heart, knowing that every morning I wake up praying that I never – ever have to take a life of another human being, not knowing all the outreach and work that I've done and other officers to try to help get homeless people into housing and off the street and protect women from domestic violence and mentor children on top of trying to enforce laws to keep drug dealers away from drug programs so these people can have a fighting chance. But all that would have been went away if that was me involved in that shooting. And of course, because he has a position of power, he has influence, and I'm just a low-level blue-collar guy, 50 million people probably would have believed that I was the worst human being on the planet for making a decision that I no cop wants to make uh, in situations like that. So See, that's the primary reason why I penned it. Yeah, he's right about that. Yeah, yeah. LeBron. That'd be well. a good move for LeBron to, 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 to meet with him. That'd, that'd be fantastic. It'd be good for him. It'd be good for the country. It'd be great all the way around. Yeah, I'm not sure he has any interest in it, but yeah, I would love to, I would love for that to happen. That's good stuff. And then an interesting point kind of related made by Jamie McBride, who's with the L.A. Police Protective League, about policing in L.A., 83. You know, over 90% of the homicide victims here in Los Angeles are black and brown. You don't hear about that. You don't hear about 2.3% um, or 2.3% of the time officers are attacked daily um, in Los Angeles since the first of the year. I'm not sure what that last statistic was. 2.3% of the time cops are attacked daily. I think he'd like to perhaps reword that. Uh, but he went on to make a, another point about uh, LeBron in 84. And here's the funny thing. They're all hypocrites. You know, last night you had off-duty and on-duty LAPD officers protecting these uh, actors and actresses who, who are claiming that, that officers are terrible, uh, protecting them last night. And also one of the biggest hypocrites out there is LeBron James. LeBron James has talked time and time again mm-hmm. about 
uh, police officers and how bad how ki- they're, ki- they're all killers. However, they're also doing protection at his house. Off-duty officers provide security for him and his family. So you have killers at his house uh, providing security well, for him. LeBron has way more influence than he has knowledge, I think. Um, and it's not his fault, quote-unquote, he has a ginormous platform, but, you know, uh, sometimes greatness is thrust upon you. I think he needs to wake up and figure out, you know, I can't be the blunt instrument that I am. I need to sharpen up a little bit. So I'm hoping he will. Because, you know, for whatever stupid reason, star athletes have influence over people. People listen to him. I'd love to hear him saying something good and productive. You want to hear something that will make you pessimistic? Uh, Sure. Most things do. (laughs) Um, Most people expect the division in America to widen in the coming years. New poll in USA Today. Mm. I was not hoping that that was going to... What do you think? Yes or no? I'm noodling it through. That's are we, an at, the, are we at the end of the pendulum swing and starting to come back? I was kind of hoping we were. You know, that just because people think that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm tempted to say I, I feel like there's more and more resistance to the savagery of the woke left. Um, and the race baiting, because they are they are avowed racists and want to divide us all when the slow, admittedly too slow, but slow but steady progress to see each all uh, see each other as, you know, children of God and fellow Americans. It was moving ahead and doing pretty damned well uh, compared to virtually any uh, society on Earth. Um, so I'm hoping there's more resistance to it. But. What really scares me is how uh, fully uh, infiltrated the schools are, from elementary schools through colleges, with that nasty, dangerous ideology. That scares me. Well, yeah. Then you got a whole generation of young people coming out with a certain view. That's not going to bring us together. Anyway, we can... Well, they'll have to be talked off of a point of view that they like adopted at age six. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe we can fit that in, uh, when we get into the Carville stuff coming up. Uh, did you, have you, are you aware of how expensive lumber is right now? I've heard. Yeah. It's just crazy. Um, a lot of things are like this. Um, and we, we do an ad for a car dealer where we talk a lot about your used cars worth more than it's ever been worth. Uh, and, uh, they're trying to buy them and, um, there's all kinds of things that you either can't get or more expensive. I was talking mm-hmm. to somebody the other day who, uh, I did this too. Tried to order some furniture, and the wait was going to be so many months that you just you just give up, and that you know that drives up prices too because then there's more demand for stuff that is around, and then the well, we talked about this with the whole inflation thing a while back, and then companies are willing to uh, they can make more money, so they're willing to have employees work longer hours and have to pay more money for the employee. Everything just starts going up. Yeah, and it's, uh, it scares inflation. It scares the <laughs> crap out of me. But lumber is crazy expensive and makes the average home uh, $24,000 more expensive to build right now just because of the wood, hmm. let alone what's going on with housing prices. Yeah. yeah. You're talking to a guy who's got a plastic table in his dining room, and we just we kept putting off buying a dining room set. But then we realized, well, because, because you know, you order and they say, yeah, four months, five months, we don't know. And so it takes all the fun out of it, right? But then we realized we're now it's going to be like December if we yeah. don't do something about now, it. Now's the time, Joe. 
You got to go ping pong table. Oh, eat on a ping pong table. Yeah, and then when you're not eating, guess what you can do? Play ping pong. There you go. I'm going to give you Judy's number. I need you to call her. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know how this gets worked out because uh, uh, Henry got a new bike for Christmas and he still hasn't gotten a bike yet because there ain't no kids' bikes. You can go to a bike store, but they say we are we're hoping for some in May. We might get two in, but they're already spoken for. I mean, there's just there's no nothing out there now. That's COVID, right? Yeah. That's but okay. that's just all supply chains got interrupted, and then trying to get all, all that going back again, and you can factor in all the masks and all everything else too, because it makes it that much harder to run your plant. And right, and then that giant ship constipated the Suez Canal, yeah. if you will. So that's the proper seafaring term. It's still there, by the way, the giant ship. Yeah, they the, got the, it. They got it out of where it was stuck, but it just went a, a very little way and parked, and that may be there forever. They think. Until somebody figures out who's paying for it, all the, the damage and delays. And Nobody's coming come forward. It could be years that that crew is on that very ship sitting in the same spot. If it you got to get your boat, it's not my boat. If it pays well, how does? <laughs> it's how got do your you, name on it. <laughs> I wonder if they have Wi-Fi. I wonder how that pays staying on that boat. If you got Wi-Fi, a clean bathroom, <laughs> I'm set. Some food, yeah. How are the views? You sit up on deck, sunning yourself, get your shirt off, looking I, out at the, the lush Egyptian landscape. I think you got a pretty good view of Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so if, if top-level Democrats are saying the wokeists are going to ruin us, you know, then why aren't Republicans jumping on this opportunity? And there's a good point made in the Washington Examiner today. All the issues that the uh, loudest of the left are out of step with America on. And it is a long list. Wow. And the Republicans are doing a horrible job of capitalizing on it. That and other things on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. It's all together, right? Three different things. This rug really ties the room together. All <laughs> right. Uh, USA Today today out with a poll. 71% of Americans uh, say that we have more in common than is reflected by political leaders or in the media. That's without a doubt true. Of course. Uh, three the fact that it's only 71 is a little disappointing. Three quarters, of, Roughly three quarters of people believe that, yet you know we don't get the representation of what we actually believe. But 44% said the country's ability to deal with major, major disagreements over the next decade will worsen. So uh, 44% people say it's going to get worse. That's up 5% from a year ago. So I, I hope not. I think they're probably right. Oh, boy. So yesterday, James Carville, Democratic strategist, going way back, and uh, he's old. I mean, he he helped Bill Clinton get elected in 92, which is now dang near 30 years ago. Well, it is 30 years ago for the presidential election. Oof. So he's an old man. But he did an, an interview yesterday with Axios and, uh, and had some interesting stuff to say. Uh, it's hard to talk to anybody today. I won't do the, the whole thing in his oh, voice. Oh, come on. Dang it. Um, he said, it's hard to talk to anybody today, and I talked to lots of people in the Democratic Party 
who don't say this, but they don't want to say it out loud that there's too much wokeism because they'll get clobbered or canceled. So he's saying it, all, everybody at the top knows this. They're just keeping their mouths shut. Uh, honestly, if we're just talking about Biden, it's difficult to find something to complain about. His biggest attribute is that he's not into faculty lounge politics. And the interviewer, Sean Illing, um, of Vo- I'm sorry, it's Vox that did this interview. Of Vox said, what's faculty lounge politics? Carvel says, you ever get the sense that people in faculty lounges and fancy colleges use a different language than ordinary people? Yeah, they come up with a word like Latinx that no one else uses, or they use a phrase like communities of color. I don't know anyone who speaks like that. I don't know anyone who lives in a community of color. I know lots of people that are black and white and brown who live in neighborhoods. <laughs> and any yeah. in agreement outside of politicians, who ever uses terms like that? There's nothing inherently wrong with these phrases, but this is not how people talk. This is not how voters talk. And doing it anyway is a signal that you're talking one language, and the people that you want to vote for you are speaking another language. This stuff is harmless in one sense, but in another sense, it's really not. Sean Elling asks, is the problem the language or the fact that there are lots of voters who just don't want to hear about race and racial injustice. Well, we have to talk about race, James Carville says. We should talk about racial injustice. What I'm saying is we need to do it without using jargony language that's unrecognizable to most people, including to most black people. This too, too, too cool for school S doesn't work, and we need to stop it. And I like this, he said. Um, uh, we got to quit saying we, Republicans are calling us socialists anyway, so we might as well run as out, out and out socialists. That's not the smartest thing to do. And maybe tweeting we should abolish the police isn't the smartest thing to do because almost effing no one wants to do that. <laughs> which I really right. like him saying. Right. And I'm going to get to the Republican response to this in a second, which is the reason I read you this. Um, and I like this paragraph also from James Car- uh, James Carville. We won the White House against a world historical buffoon, and we came within 42,000 votes of losing. Yeah, that doesn't get enough attention. You don't have to add very many votes together in very many states, and this that the whole thing gets flipped a different direction. Well, and I remember that was in response to Sean Illing and Cold Chilling uh, saying, hey, we're doing great. We got the White House. We got both houses. We're fabulous. Uh, and then Carville's like, what? We barely beat Trump. We lost congressional seats. We didn't pick up state legislatures. So let's not have an argument about whether or not we're off-key in our messaging. We are. And we're off because there's too much jargon and there's too much esoterica and it turns people off. So he's anti-the-woke crowd. Well, so I like this response in the Washington Examiner from Quinn uh, Hillier. Republicans, too, should wake up to Carville's cry about wokeness. And he's just saying... Carvel's right. Why aren't we taking advantage of this as Republicans? And he goes through all the different things that uh, the loudest part of the left is out of step with. And the list is quite long. Uh, I'll start at uh, well, the beginning is always a good place to start. Um, Hard to believe Republicans aren't getting messaging right with such uh, eloquent and charming people as Kevin McCarthy and uh, Mitch McConnell at the top. Uh, Republicans should drive home just how radical and dangerous the le- the Democratic leftism can be. <clears throat> Against wokeness, middle America, and he's, he's got all kinds of various polls that back up these statements. Against wokeness, middle America doesn't want to defend police departments. Against wokeness, middle America doesn't think protests should become confrontational or lawless. Against wokeness, middle America doesn't want biological males to ruin their athletic opportunities for our daughters, granddaughters, and nieces. Middle America doesn't think charitable nuns should be forced to participate in, in provision of insurance coverage for abortions. Middle America doesn't think climate change is a major crisis that requires putting everything down and dramatically overhauling how we live. 
Most of America doesn't support the Green New Deal. Most of America doesn't think our borders should be wide open. Most of America doesn't support sanctuary cities. These are all true in most of your major polls. Uh, We don't think free health care should be offered to illegal immigrants. We're worried about race relations and think too much racism still exists, but we resent being told that America's soul is racist, that whites are inherently racist and blameworthy for everything wrong. We reject the idea that systems and institutions are hopelessly racist. Most of America doesn't think that. Um, uh, Most of uh, the wokesters want to keep conservative thought out of college. Most of America doesn't agree with that. Uh-huh. The left, the woke left hates Israel. The overwhelming majority of Americans support the Jewish state. The woke left romanticizes Cuba and Che Guevara and Castro. Most Americans disagree. Wokers, wokesters want a much smaller military. Ameri- most of America does not. And it goes on and on and on. And the Republicans do a horrible job of capitalizing on any of these as issues. And one of the, this person's uh, beliefs is that there's still too much fighting over weird conspiracy theories in the uh, the Republican Party about the election or January 6th or whatever, and not hammering the loud left for things that most of America doesn't agree with at all. Given the fact that we, conservative America, or just moderate America, really are up against virtually the entirety of the media, I mean, that's a huge handicap. But I just, I honestly think the eloquent, really persuasive conservative leaders have yet to emerge or we need a new set to emerge in a hurry yeah tim scott tonight major audition yeah maybe so he's uh he's offering the republican response to biden's more or less state of the union address that is occurring tonight where she's going to lay out another multi-quintillion dollar plan to change america armstrong and getty